While the struggle continued, they tried to hunker down, buying a ten-room apartment in New York's legendary, and some say haunted, Dakota Apartments. Ladies and gentlemen, we interrupt this podcast to bring you some incredible news. We are under attack. Never before has this reporter seen such devastation, such destruction. Ladies and gentlemen, I fear the time has come for Assault of the Two-Headed Space Mules! So grab a can of fermented weed and listen up. It may just save your life. And welcome back to Assault of the Two-Headed Space Mules, my misanthropic friends. We have another special treat for you today as we launch into yet another edition of the popular Best Albums You've Never Heard. This is the series where we take an in-depth look at some of your favorite under... Some of my favorite. They're not your favorite. If they were your favorite, you would know all about them. Uh, But they're some of my favorite uh, underlooked and uh, undiscovered um, uh, records. Um, Today we are going to be focusing in on the uh, Toronto-based band Glue Leg. Uh, And if you haven't heard of them, uh, it's not a huge surprise. Unless you're from Canada, you've probably heard of them. Um, And we're going to take a look at their 1994 masterpiece, Heroic Doses. Glue Leg was formed in the early 90s by Ruben Hazanga and Carlos Alonso and created a unique sound of kind of a heavy prog metal uh, with pop sensibilities and also a uh, ska-like horn section. Uh, Carlos Alonso is the chief songwriter and visionary. Um, He also created the band's logo and graphics for their album covers. And he played a unique instrument called the Chapman Stick, uh, which is something like a, t- sometimes called a uh, touch guitar. Um, it has 8 to 12 strings, and they are touched rather than strummed or plucked. Its dynamic range covers both the low-end bass notes and the higher range of the guitar. It is possible to get bass and guitar sounds simultaneously. As well, if you glide your fingers on the strings, the sound is a bit like a synth wash, so the uh, Chapman stick is extremely versatile and can create a textured sound like no other instrument. Carlos's use of the stick certainly gave Glue Leg a good part of their unique sound. Uh, Glue Leg rose to popularity in the mid-90s on a regional basis in Canada, uh, most especially uh, Toronto, where they were from, and um, they were on a heavy rotation on uh, CFNY. Uh, then the leading alternative rock station in Toronto and uh, Lower Ontario. Um, Heroic Doses was their first official CD release after the 1993 debut LP Park Alien and uh, features 11 tracks of their unique sound. A second CD, Clodhopper, was released in 1997, but by then Carlos had left the band. Uh, I was never able to find out exactly why. Even the Wikipedia page is lacking in this department, as it lists him as a full member up through that album. Uh, But I remember going to see them play in downtown Buffalo on that tour, and Carlos was nowhere to be found. Instead, he was replaced with a conventional bass player, mysteriously named Chowder. Um, The rest of the band seemed annoyed that the crowd kept chanting, Where's Carlos? Where's Carlos? Uh, And it was telling that they played only two songs from Heroic Doses, uh, at that uh, at that particular show, and neither of them were penned by Carlos. They were uh, penned by uh, Ruben Hazinga, who's 
still in the band uh, playing lead guitar and uh, vocals. Um, it was clear that whatever the split was, it, uh, it was less than amicable. Um, an on-air interview I heard on CFNY uh, was very vague about the reasons Carlos left the band. They, I think they just said, well, he wanted to start a family, which may or may not be true, but it just seemed kind of, uh, well, I don't know, it just seemed a little odd to me at the time, um, con considering it was, you know, his band that he started, and he basically was the chief songwriter and, um, you know, visual artist for them. So, yeah, it was a, it was a little strange, but... In any event, um, Cloudhopper was uh, much less successful than Heroic Doses had been, and Mr. Alonzo was sorely missed in the uh, songwriting process. Uh, and just a year later, in 1998, the band broke up for good. Uh, but for a brief moment, um, in 1995-1996, Heroic Doses uh, put Glue Leg on the radar if only for a blip. Uh, most people outside of southern Ontario and the border towns like Buffalo, where I lived, probably never knew they existed. Um, today is the day we change that. So let's jump right into uh, Heroic Doses, um, the uh, 1994 album by uh, Glue Leg. Um, it was originally released on, um, or in conjunction with Page Productions, which is actually an offshoot of uh, the guy from Bare Naked Ladies. Um, I can't remember his first name now, but his last name is Page, and uh, he was, uh, by then, uh, mid-90s, um, Bare Naked Ladies had already started to hit it big, and uh, so, um, you know, they were already branching out. So Glue Leg was, was kind of a, a part of that. First track on the album is the eponymous uh, heroic doses, um, and it truly sets the stage and tone for what's to come. Chunky guitars, heavy bass, thoughtful lyrics, and punctuated with a staccato horn section led by Andrew Wise. The accompanying video for this song was in strong rotation on Much Music, the uh, Canadian version of MTV. Check out the title track, Heroic Doses. <laughs> Next is the song uh, Polo, or Polo, um, 
and it, it kicks up the heavy uh, just a notch and um, and for fun it kind of uh, it adds in a rap in Spanish and uh, it's kind of this mix of metal and rap um, you know by the likes of Corn and Lincoln Park was still a few years away uh, so this was you know ahead of the curve really and uh, and I would say arguably it works better uh, it there's it, it kind of goes back and forth between the Spanish and English and you know there's sung parts there's wrapped parts um, and it's heavy and uh, you know for those of you that uh, know your Spanish pollo it means chicken um, which you know might help explain the song just a little bit so uh, check out pollo <laughs> Mr. Pink, um, and those of you who remember the uh, the movie Reservoir Dogs, um, this is uh, a straight-ahead tribute to the Steve Buscemi character from the uh, from that Quentin Tarantino movie Reservoir Dogs. Uh, interestingly enough, the song contains some samples of dialogue from the movie, uh, but there is no uh, reference to them in the liner notes or music credit, so it's unknown to me whether these were authorized or not. Um, at the time this was recorded, back in 1994, Tarantino was still a cult figure as Pulp Fiction had not yet been released, so this musical tribute may have skirted notice at the time by the powers that be. Um, so check out Mr. Pink.
a brief instrumental called Spider-Man, which leads right into the band's biggest hit, Come With Me. Spider-Man is a uh, chugging, churning tribute to everyone's favorite wall crawler. It is catchy and powerful, and with justice, it should have found its way onto the Spider-Man movie soundtrack. Uh, instead, it was featured in the little scene National Lampoon's Senior Trip in 1996. As I mentioned, this segues into what was probably their biggest hit in Canada, Come With Me. Uh, Come With Me is uh, brash and loud with a catchy melody and chorus. The staccato horns give it an air of ska punk on steroids, sort of like what uh, Metallica Mighty Mighty Boss Tones Love Child might sound like. I first heard this song on CFNY out of Toronto in 1995, and it was love at first listen. Uh, there were very few times in my life, uh, or there have been very few times in my life, um, where I can honestly say that some piece of music grabbed me as viscerally on the first, you know, the first time I heard it. But this is definitely one of them. Um, since uh, these songs segue into each other, I'm going to present them uh, together here on the podcast. So uh, enjoy a little bit of Spider-Man uh, segueing into their big hit, Come With Me. that we're going to take a look at um, is called Dust. 
which is a slow plodding bass and drum track that suddenly gains life with the addition of some very jazzy horns. Um, it's an interesting track that peaks with a rather nice climax. The vocals and lyrics uh, switch back and forth between a uh, more melodic approach and a death metal-esque snarl. Um, this dichotomy paired with the thudding bass and drums with the jazzy horns makes for a unique sonic experience. So uh, check out Dust. So let love inside you sear me strange one for sure and showcases Glueleg's sense of humor. Um, despite their serious musical chops and prog rock inclinations, uh, there is an element of the absurd underlying uh, all of their music. Um, and Pampa de Chuch is a song I like to imagine was a uh, novelty hit in an alternate universe. Uh, with its playful horns and bouncing bass coupled with its lyrics about the foul bodily odors that we all exude uh, and you have a recipe for a very sophomoric song but Alonso's deft wordplay keeps it from wallowing in its juvenile nature instead it comes across as an almost highbrow ode to personal responsibility
next track is the oddly titled I Saw You Yo-Ya, presumably a person's name. It's spelled J-O-J-A. Um, and it seems to be about taking personal responsibility instead of blaming others for your misdeeds. It is a straight-ahead rocker with some faux rap elements. And I remember this one packed a good solid punch live. Um, check out I Saw You Yo-Ya and see what I mean. <laughs> title of the next track we're about to listen to and it is uh, near perfection in my book strong arrangement great lyrics and catchy hooks and melody one of the more powerful and memorable on the album uh, other songs may have gotten more attention than Lily's did but uh, this song deserved more uh, of note this is also one of the uh, Ruben Hazenga penned tracks uh, proving he could craft a good song too um, so check out Lily's As mentioned earlier, it is the last of the originally uh, original songs on the album. The, the, the final song that we'll get to is a cover song, but uh, I'll talk about that in a minute. Um, but this is a really interesting track. It's got a very kind of sorrowful, um, jazz, jazzy horn uh, section, and then there's just uh, <laughs> some really doom-laden lyrics. Uh, it's it's a really interesting track, and um, I I I, uh, 
I'm not sure, you know, the, the previous EP to this album was titled Park Alien, but there's no song Park Alien on the EP. I guess they must have really liked the, uh, the title. Uh, my guess is that this song originated earlier, and for whatever reason they didn't feel it fit on the EP, but uh, they included it on the uh, full-length album, Heroic Doses, and uh, I think it was an excellent choice. It's, uh, it's really one of my favorite songs on the album. to the last track on Heroic Doses. And um, it's a cover of the King Crimson classic Red, uh, which came out in about 1974 and was the final King Crimson album from the, uh, from the 70s era, King Crimson. Uh, and uh, it's, it's one of the more famous King Crimson songs. Um, Red is often quoted by uh, such bands as Smashing Pumpkins and uh, and Nirvana, um, you know, as being influential, and it's um, it's an instrumental, um, which uh, is interesting here because uh, one of the things that Glue Lake does um, to make kind of make this their own is that they replaced a lot of Robert Fripp's uh, signature um, guitar work with the horn section. Um, and somehow it really works. Um, I think this is a fantastic version of Red, and um, I actually had the unique opportunity of hearing these almost side-by-side -side live. In 1996, uh, I went to see King Crimson play um, in Rochester, New York, um, on their uh, Thrak tour, and it was uh, amazing. They played Red, and it was so powerful. And two nights later, um, Glue Leg was playing in Buffalo in a small club. Um, I believe it might have been the Showplace Theater on Grant Street near Buff State. Um, in fact, I'm almost positive that's where it was. And uh, that was a really cool place to see a show, actually. That was, uh, 
an, an old movie theater that they had converted into a, a, a club, and they had taken out all the seats, so it had a, a sloped... Um, had a sloped floor so even if you were standing even though it was standing room only you could still have a good view of the stage if you were standing in the back because uh, the floor was sloped um, in any event I got to see them uh, perform red live on stage um, and it was just as powerful as what uh, King Crimson had done um, you know uh, just two nights prior um, and it was it was really uh, quite uh, quite a show, quite a performance. That's one of the things that I think is probably the saddest to me uh, about Glue Leg is that they were so good live. Um, you know, the, the album, as good as it is, does not capture the true power that they had. They were just fantastic live. And I think that was part of the disappointment when I saw them again in 1997 and Carlos had left the band. Um, it just was not the same. It just wasn't the same. Um, the other thing I remember about that concert at uh, at the show place was they did a cover version of the um, Gary Newman song, Cars, which was f amazing. It was really, really tight, really uh, um, uh, energetic, uh, just, a, just a masterwork of a cover song. Um, so... Uh, anyway, without further ado, we're going to dip into a little bit of uh, Glue Legs' cover of Red by King Crimson, and uh, it closes out the album Heroic Doses. Um, hope you've enjoyed it so far. I'll come back on the other side and wrap it up. So for right now, Red. <laughs> Thanks for listening to another uh, episode of Assault of the Two-Headed Space Mules, and uh, I hope you've enjoyed our look at uh, this edition of Best Albums You've albums Never you Heard, never heard. Uh, featuring uh, Toronto's Glue Leg and their album from 1994, Heroic Doses. Check it out. Uh, it, it's not on iTunes US. I'm not sure about iTunes Canada, but I do know that it is available on Amazon Um uh, as for, for a physical CD, I don't. I don't think it's available for download anywhere. 
Um, but uh, check it out. It's well worth uh, whatever money you pay for it. Um, excellent album. One of my top ten. So uh, on that note, we'll see you next time on Assault, Assault of the Two-Headed, of the two-headed Space, Space Mule. Assault of the Two-Headed Space Mules is copyright 2014 by Douglas Arthur for Dugside Syndicate. You can contact the show by sending email to spacemules at yahoo.com, or you can follow us on Twitter at Space Mules and head over to Facebook for the official Assault of the Two-Headed Space Mules fan page for all the latest news, updates, and photos. And don't forget to check out cafepress.com slash spacemules for Assault of the Two-Headed Space Mules swag. T-shirts, hats, coffee mugs, you name it, we have all the highest quality merchandise you can shake a Zuni doll at. Thanks for listening. I do appreciate it. Don't forget to tune in next time when you'll hear my brother say, If I could offer you only one tip for the future, sunscreen would be it. (laughs) 